0: Guys, welcome to Rankin' Vile, the podcast ranking every horror
1: movie ever made. And this is Ryan. And this is Quincy. How's it going, Quincy? How's your we going? We're in full swing Halloween mode. I bought the Monster Mash gummy snacks.
0: Yes! All right, so what are the gummy
1: snacks specifically? It's motherfucking Fruit Brute, Yummy Mummy, Boo Berry, mm. Frankenberry, and uh, fortunately not chocolate Count Chocula fruit snacks (laughs) a chocolate
0: fruit snack that sounds like a a war crime it sounds like
1: a um (laughs) a forgotten new metal album (laughs) (laughs) yeah by Limp that sounds like the
0: that sounds like the kind of excuse you have when like somebody finds something attached to your couch and they're like what the fuck is that and you're like it's a chocolate gummy snack (laughs) don't eat it to explain the gross protoplasmic thing sticking to your your furniture, like what I yeah. especially
1: love about uh, this package of fruit snacks is it says like buy them for your trick or treaters. Like I'm not going to eat them all this weekend. <laughs> In a sad tornado of snacking. <laughs> If, if the
0: person orders, like, 30 tacos, don't ask if you're sharing those 30 tacos. For all, for all you know, I am shotgunning them by myself, and I
1: have the right to do that. You do. It's your American right to eat 30 tacos in one sitting.
0: <laughs> I sure could go for 30 tacos. Um, so what, uh, what ghoul shit have you been uh, consuming this week?
1: So I am super into this uh, sticker maker that I found on eBay called Classy Plastic. Ooh. Uh, they make VHS label, like, the not-for-kids with the sad kid mm-hmm. circle uh, that was on all the anime VHSs in the 90s, and, like, oh, the green yeah. horror VHS stickers. And my favorites that I just got in are Halloween Hits that are little pumpkins that say Halloween Hits that I'm sticking on. Of course, Halloween and Trick or Treat And my copy of Hocus Pocus. Oh, And also, I've been traumatized with a picture of Toxie on them.
0: Oh, very good. Honestly, Trauma, I feel like, I'm going to say a thing and see if it's true. If Trauma had not come up with the Toxic Avenger, would we still be talking about Trauma?
1: Interestingly enough, um, Vinegar Syndrome is releasing a lot of the Trauma um, distribution catalog. Oh yeah, um, those movies we still talk about. So so yeah. if, if they had that trauma logo at the beginning, we would talk about them, and we might actually talk about them more positively.
0: Yeah, like the newly deads, or like dead dudes in the house, or like I mean, there's like a million things Rabbit that Troma
1: ha- all those. Kinds oh of yeah. Movies. So I don't know. It, maybe if they didn't make Toxie and Sergeant Kabuki Man, we would be. Higher on trauma, <laughs> <Yeah>. maybe. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Yeah, and I think the problem is that it's. Listen, after sitting through like two and a half hours of the movie Terror Firmer, I feel like I. Which really, that's me doing that to myself. Like nobody, nobody had me at gunpoint demanding that I finish that movie.
1: But that movie yeah. is shockingly long. <laughs> It is, uh,
0: unconscionably long. Like, it is, nothing, nothing should be that long in my, in my opinion, but I think this is why, again, when I see a thing like, you know, the four-hour Snyder cut, my blood just turns to dust instantly.
1: Yeah, I'm like, I cannot
0: imagine.
1: There's a reason why film editor is a career. <laughs> A valuable <laughs> yeah. career even Oh yeah, I, I keep thinking of how like uh,
0: the uh, uh, George Miller, the guy that did Mad Max, like his wife did all the editing And he's like, yeah, the reason that movie is so good Is because my wife is a fucking great editor Like, I happened to shoot a bunch of shit That she lashed together into a shape That made sense
1: yeah yeah it's editors are the true mvps of hollywood and we need oh, to completely. appreciate them a lot yeah. more than we do
0: i think one of my favorite uh, one of the most badass quotes i've heard was from a uh, Thelma schoonmaker who was um martin scorsese's editor for years and years and somebody asked her in an interview like what's it like to work on such violent movies and she just without missing a beat said they're not violent until i edit them which is <laughs> the, the coolest fucking answer um Let's get into the first movie we're talking about this week. Uh, we got a screener for a queer horror movie called Death Drop Gorgeous.
1: Yes, and I'm so excited about this movie.
0: It is just fantastic. I, I think uh, the thing is also that as queer horror fans, like there's there's a shocking lack of movies that are willing to be gross and messy and fun and also
1: queer. And, and this movie I appreciate it is very gay in in all the best ways. And also, in the first 15 minutes, we not only get full-on, full-frontal male nudity, we get male genital genital mutilation as well.
0: (laughs) We certainly do. Uh, I think, honestly, the genital male mutilation, so there's uh, a killer that is killing off all of the... Um, the young folks uh, of of this area. Now, what was also incredible is that uh, they they keep draining the blood, and you know you you eventually find out that uh, somebody's pulling an Elizabeth Bathory and bathing in the blood. Um, the I mean, we're getting genital torture ten minutes into the motion picture. Quincy, can you describe this this perfect kill?
1: Uh, yeah, it's a motherfucking meat grinder like you'd see in a goddamn Porky Pig cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> And they just yeah. grind up a dick And you see the whole thing <laughs> Yeah, and just add a glory hole Like, which
0: first of all A movie that's not afraid to be like You want to do a gag with a glory hole? Like, it's I hadn't realized how much I was missing a movie Like Death Drop Gorgeous Until I saw the movie um, I, I also love that this movie points out Like, there's one character That's like trying to convince the other one That, that you know, this this guy is hot And they're like, look, he's Uh, Wealthy, he's educated, and he's a top. Like, calling out the chronic lack
1: of tops in the queer community. It's, It's so delightful. The other thing that I really like about this movie is how thoroughly campy it is. It's got a really nice sense of humor, and also, it's just got a goofy, independent film flair to it. It's just... Neon um, lighting and absurd drag costumes and just ridiculous kills. Yeah,
0: and I I think for me, like, a a movie called Death Drop Gorgeous, which, of course, fans of drag will know that the death drop refers to uh, a move in drag where you sort of pivot on one leg and fall uh, straight onto your back with one leg sticking straight out, which, by the way, um, I'm 34 years old. Every time that I see a queen do a death drop during a routine... My knees crunch like a bag of wet potato chips. Like I just—it's like a, a bundle of dry spaghetti noodles getting broken. Like I want to die. Just, just rustling a bag of bonito flakes. <laughs> yeah, like doing the really cool ballroom moves.
1: It's a—it's a young
0: person's game or a very limber old person's game. Of, of which I, I got one.
1: I never felt more seen in this movie than when one of the characters warns another uh, man who's in his thirties. Look the kids these days are at a, are on a whole nother level, <laughs> I felt very much like, like that was speaking to me, because I completely agree with yeah, it.
0: Yeah, I think I learned the word chuggy uh, a, a while ago, and instantly was just like, I'm tired, I want to go to bed. <laughs> like, can people just <laughs> stop doing things? Um, now, it's also incredible, like, this movie... Uh, there's a character in this movie who I love very much uh, named uh, Tragedy. Wait, is it Tragedy? Tragedy with an eye. Tragedy with an eye who um, no cells like, she finds a body in a dumpster, like, mangled to shit and just goes, ugh, and just, like, walks away from it. Um, tra-
1: <laughs> she also has two different colored eyes, like a goddamn Australian Shepherd. Yeah, which also just
0: reminds me of like, okay, so clearly tragedy would be like my favorite contestant on uh, B- the Boulet Brothers' Dracula. Um, oh yeah, she plays the theremin in a scene in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> More drag routines making prominent use of theremin, please. Let's step up. Let's step it up. Um, which, by the way, what a goddamn sadness about Dracula just being unbearable.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I I hear rumor that we need to uh, check it out again because there's other seasons and the other seasons get better. Okay, but um, maybe we'll come back. To that yeah, at some and,
0: and you know, here's the thing: I like some mean spirited things, but I feel like you can't be mean spirited and also take yourself super seriously. You know what I mean? Like,
1: yeah, and and I think what I like about Death Drop Gorgeous is it's very clearly made by fans of Dragula because there are characters wearing Dragula t-shirts and also tragedy is in this movie <laughs> <And> <laughs> I think if you do scary drag you have to at least acknowledge that Dragula exists Oh completely
0: well and also you know th- the thing that I love about this movie um, I think my two favorite characters in this movie are the the owner of this club who like picture Carl from Aqua Teen Hunger Force but also he's gay. Uh, and his partner uh, is a, a human pup who's wearing the, the little leather, like, pup mask and hangs out with a dog bowl in the office. And um, I just love that it's presented as, like, a, a fine and normal thing, because it is. Like, okay, whatever. There's... That.
1: Yeah, it's just a consensual relationship. Um,
0: slight spoiler here. Uh, the dog, do- uh, the, the pup does get murdered, and while they are, the killer yells, Play dead! Which is just outstanding, like Freddy Krueger one-liner dialogue, in in my opinion. Um, it's it's pretty incredible. Yeah. So so where do we think it belongs on the list? Do you think I um I'm gonna I'm gonna give us a starting point. Uh, if we're going with uh, super gross-out uh, ridiculous indie movies, uh, at number three seventy nine uh, we have Are We Not Cats. Uh, which is, of course, the movie about the lady who is super into eating hair and the guy who's super into having his hair pulled out, and they make a beautiful Trekkabazor baby together.
1: Yes, um, I really like Are We Not Cats? Mm-hmm. Um, and Drop Death, Drop Gorgeous reminds me a lot of this in the sense that this is clearly a uh, an independent feature it's pretty much just the, the Rhode Island drag scene was like do you want to make someone approached the Rhode Island drag scene and was like do you want to make a movie and they're like sure <laughs> let's do it yeah Um. one thing that I will complain about is that there are post-credit scenes in death drop gorgeous that are still shoeing shoehorning in plot points and that was the thing that i really found annoying because like the movie has an ending and then they're like the post-credit scenes are trying to like retcon the movie you just watched and it's like it's unnecessary it's completely Unnecessary. Yeah, like y- y'all can't be doing that.
0: Well, it's that, and I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm kind of persnickety. There's not a plot to speak of in Dro- Death Drop Gorgeous, which is fine because not every movie needs to be fucking The Irishman. Um, but like, I, I think that is there is a lack of narrative momentum that sometimes it's it's. I think this is a genre of horror. I'm gonna I'm gonna say a thing and see if it's true. Is hangout horror a genre?
1: Yeah, it's it's a it's very much a hangout movie. It's just one to kind of like throw on in the background and like not pay full attention to. It's definitely worth watching. It's on VOD right now, and I think it has a limited theatrical run. Fuck yes. Um, so if you are feeling if you're socially distancing and being careful you can go see this in the movie theater yeah hell yeah um Um,
0: yeah but i it's yeah definitely check it out uh now the thing is so are we not cats definitely above death drop gorgeous also because are we not cats features uh, a disco ball made out of a bezor
1: yeah and and even though are we not cats also has some scenes that are we not cats suffers from the director being afraid he would never make another movie, so he just shoved a bunch of extra ideas Mm -hmm. in just in case. Um, and, And that makes it a little bloated and there's some things that don't totally work that way, but still the things that work well in Are We Not Cats are just... I'll see totally, and
0: and for me also, I think "Are We Not Cats" is a movie that doesn't know what story it's trying to tell at the outset, but it's confident that it'll find it by the end, and it kind of does. Yeah, uh, but it's it's a bit of a, a bit of a slog getting there. Now,
1: now right below "Are We Not Cats," so it's definitely not as good as "Are We Not Cats," but right below that is the movie "Donkey Punch." Oh Christ, that movie,
0: um, <laughs> "Donkey Punch," which is the movie about British lads behaving badly on the ocean. Um, and it's yeah the one about like they kill the girl and then they gotta kill the witnesses and it's just it's it's like a worse version of the movie revenge I think
1: yeah it's not very great it's it's got some stuff that makes it kind of work but it's pretty one note and um the script is pretty cringy, too. Yeah,
0: and uh, now the thing is that there is stuff about Donkey Punch that I think works, but I think and it's almost not even this movie's fault because it's like a casualty of, like, time and place, but this movie is so, like, late 2000s early 2010s, like, washed out uh, color palettes in movies uh, in a way that just makes me want to die when I'm looking at it, where everybody everybody just decided that everything needs to be super, super, like, blanched on screen, and it just... It's not a fun movie to watch and it's not a scary movie. It's just kind of unpleasant in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah. And I'll say that Death Drop Gorgeous does have some cringy dialogue but fortunately just about every time a character says something very awful, they're immediately murdered right after it. So there is almost like a cosmic justice of like, if you're going to use the T-slur or if you're going to be really gross and racist, you've we will get your dick chopped
0: (laughs) off yeah Yeah, your dick is getting julienne in a glory hole if you're racist which i think is i think is lovely um so yeah so i feel good about that so coming in at our new number 380 uh, above donkey punch and below are we not cats is death drop gorgeous from this year and guys again it's on vod so please especially um a, a not insubstantial number of our listeners are queer horror fans uh, you're gonna you're gonna want to watch this like it it doesn't always stick the landing but it is just a goddamn delight and I had a lot of fun with it
1: and you know I would like to believe that if this movie does well it could kind of pave the way for other independent queer horror just to to show that like video on demand can be a viable platform for independent queer horror
0: oh absolutely I, this is the thing that I love about VOD like back in the day you know what this is this would have been made and uh, available and like uh, at your, like your local video store maybe in the back or like at like a thrift store you might find this like self produced thing in like a 99 cent bin
1: yeah it's a lot like a, the shot on video uh, trend in the 90s mm-hmm. and, it's, I, and, th- and that's what it is that's why this feels like a throwback
0: to me does Death Drop Gorgeous um, speaking of movies that throw a lot of shit at the wall to see what's gonna stick uh, let's talk about uh, the uh, the other movie we're doing for this week which is uh, just dropped it's on HBO max we're talking about James Wan's malignant uh, I would Quincy I would describe this movie
1: charitably as uh, bug fuck nutso it is bugfuck nuts, and it's also the most James Wan movie to ever James Wan. <laughs> oh, for sure. Now, Quincy, how do you feel about James Wan as a rule? Like,
0: are you a fan of James Wan movies?
1: I like James Wan movies. They're fun. They're well-made. They're scary for the most part. I enjoy them. Me too.
0: I, you know what it is? I I stand the movie Dead Silence um, because it is a perfect popcorn horror movie. Like, James Wan... He's What it is Is that he's a filmmaker Who knows what I want To see as a viewer And then goes Here is that I gave you that thing I'm James Wan
1: Yeah Um, He's not Really pretentious He's not Gonna He's not A try hard director He's just (laughs) (laughs) Yeah
0: He's He's He makes really Dumb Fun Scary movies In a way that like I kind of You can always kind of Tell that it's a James Wan movie In a way What is it that makes Like what's the What's the James Wanness of a movie Like what makes it a James
1: Wan movie So what I especially love Is James Wan movies always take place In a house that looks like The, the set of Casper <laughs> 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 Oh my god They totally do They the, all that. have that very uh, Casper also a universal movie Filled on the back lot <sighs> Ooh, uh, it's coincidence. Got this very Amblin entertainment style old dusty mansion <laughs> <And> no matter <laughs> what characters just live in these old ass houses
0: it turns out that uh, Gabriel from this movie was one of the ghosts from Casper like he's just <laughs> like haunting the honestly as a kid I wanted to live in the Casper house so bad like, yeah,
1: that spiral floor is to die for.
0: Oh, to die for, which is also what uh, the director of Backstreet's Back thought for, the, for that video. Um, now, this movie... Uh, so we start out, and it's 1993, and we get a very sort of uh, Stranger Things, Hawkins Lab uh, sort of thing where there are a bunch of doctors... Uh, talking about a boy called Gabriel, and Gabriel, well, he's just a bad boy, is what is what Gabriel he's just
1: a is. Bad, bad boy, and they're like, we're just going to torture him. And then what I love is, <laughs> even though this takes place in 1993, as the Chiron on the screen tells us. Mm-hmm. It is still the most, like, Hollywood shenanigan uh, sanitarium. We we hit him (laughs) with the electroshock therapy. (laughs) Oh, let's talk about that for a moment.
0: Uh, The electroshock therapy, they
1: they say...
0: Um, so uh, Gabriel, who is able to do all manner of spookery and electrical uh, witch powers, where he's able to make like we light don't get to
1: see Gabriel, but we see Gabriel throw people through doors, through solid wooden doors, and break people's arms. I it's now th- the gore in this movie
0: fucks. It I is know. fantastic. Uh, there's a line that I actually yelled out loud uh, when when he said it. Um, Gabriel's being a bad boy and breaking out of the, the thing And one of the doctors is like "Ah, How did you let him out? And the other doctor says I tried to sedate him with ECT You tried to sedate him With electroconvulsive therapy? Like, like it's fucking 1948 Like what are we I, This is also That's not how ECT works You're not like Whoa we need to calm this kid down Put some electrodes on his head and shock him <laughs> Like what are you talking about? We tried to sedate him with ECT, but
1: is that um, why? So, so Gabriel has like a weird electric electrostatic power. Is that the implication is that they put so much ECT in him that it gave him superpowers? That
0: was my thinking, which I fucking adore because I like the movie shocker Um, (laughs) (laughs) or like, Oh, Jason Voorhees got hit by lightning. I guess he's alive now. Um, yeah I, th- I think that might be it is this doctor tried sedating him with ECT and that's why he's a shocker now. Um, and so he's uh, laying waste to everybody. He kind of looks like if the eraser head baby got super jacked, um, he you know he's he's wrecking everything. The main doctor lady um, looks at the cam, like sort of spikes the camera and says, we need to cut the cancer out. Title card: Malignant, uh, which is I've seen movies that practice like subtlety and tact, and they're fucking cowards. <laughs> um, so malignant, really,
1: especially because we find out the killer's murder weapon. This turns into like a pseudo slasher jalo, mm-hmm. and the yeah. murder weapon. So the murder weapon in this movie is a sharpened Caduceus that was a statue that it, the doctor from the we've got to cut the cancer out. Uh, spoiler alert! It's her medical award that becomes the murder weapon. If
0: you're a um, if you're a sci- if you're a scientist who doesn't have an award plaque that looks like the staff with the snakes wrapped around it, go back to med school and fucking put in the work, honestly.
1: And if that if that statue can't be sharpened on a grindstone to slit people's throats, what are you <laughs> even doing?
0: Yeah, no, yeah, and and you're totally right. It is a jalo like complete with black gloved killer. Um, who's left sort of shadowy until the third act. Um, Now, we are introduced to uh, the main character who is, uh, like, doing her best. Like, she's just... Her name is Madison, and she's trying to make it work with her husband, Derek, who I want to say is the worst man who's ever lived. You know how
1: you know he's automatically going to be a piece of shit? How's that? When he appears, he's watching... MMA on television
0: <laughs> yeah he's just like dispassionately watching it, it, like it, it's like somebody just unaroused watching pornography like this guy sitting alone watching MMA and just like this dead-eyed. guy's in
1: the perch beating the fuck out of another guy and, and our dude is like eh I've seen better <laughs> <laughs> yeah well like where's the bone though
0: Um, And, you know, she comes home from work where I think she works at a hospital. Does does. Yeah, but it's very
1: quickly abandoned. So it really doesn't matter.
0: Oh, lots of things are very quickly abandoned in this movie. Yeah,
1: especially characterization for the protagonists of this movie. Very quickly (laughs) forgotten.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, But so Derek, the rat bastard piece of shit that he is. Um, We're introduced to why he's terrible, because she's like, oh, I had to take off work because, you know, I feel really bad and also I'm pregnant. And he says, maybe you just need to stop getting pregnant, (laughs) which is a fucking wild thing to say to somebody, surpassed only by the next thing he says, which is, how many times do I have to watch my children die inside you?
1: Which is mega fucked. Jesus and also, trick. the only time that we acknowledge that the movie acknowledges that Maddie keeps losing pregnancies. Yeah, it just with the subtlety of a Mac the most truck to The cavalier, like, eh, she can't keep a baby inside her. <sighs> you know what? I'm just going to throw it out there. I don't know that James Wan has
0: the. Uh... <laughs> the tact or the sensitivity as a filmmaker to uh you know address the tragedy of miscarriage maybe he's maybe that's just
1: not maybe that's just not in his wheelhouse I don't know it's it's the thing that's so infuriating is it's the it's the characterization that Maddie gets is loses babies and it's yeah, so 30 seconds of the movie yeah, she th- and she, then she does- she's done. She's done with characterization for the rest of the movie. And then in the third act, they're like, "Hey, remember how the only thing we know about you is you lose babies? Um, let that be your driving force." <laughs> yeah, this
0: it's uh, this movie. It's got I, it's gender politics are, 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 are a lot. Um, but this guy absolutely uh, just shoves her like beat like hits her head into a wall and she falls down and then he's like oh uh ooh, ha sorry i promised i wouldn't do that again here i'm gonna go run for what like an ice pack or something
1: yeah and then we fast forward to um the middle of the night and our guy is sleeping on the couch right. and he gets up and all of the um all of the appliances in the kitchen are running by themselves. the The blender is spinning, and the refrigerator opens. And then a shadowy figure jumps out from around the corner. Because it's a James Wan movie, we got to have a shadowy figure. Yeah, um, and and you're like, sweet, this
0: is a ghost movie. <laughs> yeah, because also because it's a James Wan movie. Um, and dear listener, it ain't. <laughs> it no no twernt no haint. Uh, and he gets uh sort of his his neck gets squished against the wall in such a way that like his his body is like falling toward the wall but it's like he tripped and broke his neck so hard that his spine detached which is pretty tasty as far as as far as kills go
1: the next scene we get the crime scene investigators and this csi woman is my favorite character in this movie (laughs) you and me both (laughs) because she's madly in love with the main character detective and she just constantly is accidentally saying things out loud to him about how much she loves him
0: it's great well there's that and then she also blurts when she finds uh derek the rat bastard's body like uh, in the shape of a comma against the wall she gets so
1: jazzed about this corpse She's like, you you would only see this in a car crash, not in the middle of a a break, a break a breaking and entering. It's so great. Yeah, she starts like shooting off air
0: horns, like, yo, look at that fucking corpse, dude! Like she is just so excited about this corpse. Um, we're introduced to Madison's sister, who um, also has no characterization. Oh,
1: her character is actor.
0: Yeah. Yeah, her, she is actor. She's working as I think a princess. Uh, she's her name working is...
1: at a princess at what's called like Family Island. It's basically um, Willy's Wonderland from the movie we watched a couple weeks ago. <laughs> she's working as Siren Sarah, and
0: actually, she's been doing battle with Nicolas Cage. She, uh, yeah, Sydney doesn't have so much characterization. But although here's the thing. Uh, I feel like James Wan movies are not terrifically concerned with characterization so much.
1: No, they're really more about the spectacle. Uh, But we get this detective uh, team of Detective Regina Moss and Detective Kakoa Shaw. And I totally... Kakoa Shaw is played by George Young... Maybe the handsiest man in Hollywood. Yeah, beat me to it.
0: He is. I I I was like heart eyes at uh, Detective Kakoa Shaw for most of this movie. He is so beautiful.
1: Yeah, he's he's wonderful, and I also really appreciate that his partner is just so tired.
0: <laughs> man, re, yeah. So Detective Regina Moss is just she's a lady who you can tell it's 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 like if somebody from the DMV. Became a member of like the 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 police department just as like a eh, it's something else um she has the energy of a waffle house waitress <laughs> um where she knows all of your sins she holds all of the power in this interaction and she's so goddamn tired and she just wants to sit down um but you know they after he gets uh, murderized and um the derek i mean uh gets murderized and Madison ends up in the hospital after getting attacked by by the shadowy figure um Reg- detective regina moss is pretty sure madison might have had something to do with her husband getting murked yeah she's
1: like occam's razor the person and she's like <laughs> it's maddie hey y'all which, let's arrest maddie it's her
0: which is i think pretty reasonable detective work also i mean you know she was like well we've got means we've got opportunity and we've got motive which is that her neighbors are like oh yeah, he beats the shit out of her. Which is also like, okay, was anybody gonna fucking report this? Or... But, I mean, obviously with domestic violence there's... it's a complicated and shitty thing, but everybody pretty much knows about uh, him beating the shit out of her, except for her sister Sydney, um, who in the hospital informs her that
1: during the attack she lost the baby. Because again, that's the only characterization that Maddie gets in this movie, is you can't have a baby. It's... It's,
0: it's gross, is what it's it is It's very
1: gross, because it's also The most like Eh, we're gonna spend five seconds On this
0: <laughs> Yeah, like maybe like give her like a hobby or something Like, I don't know um, Now, her she reveals to her sister That she was adopted, which seems to surprise Her sister
1: Yeah, it's really weird Because we learn That Maddie was Adopted and has no memory But Every time we get a flashback of Maddie, and then later when we even get to watch their home videos, she's like nine.
0: Yeah. Now, I I, want to say that about 40% of this movie is people watching footage of interviews from back in the day. Like, it's a survival horror game, and you're finding old video logs explaining what happened around here.
1: Yeah, and although I appreciate the the filters they use to make it look like VHS, it is a little buck wild that it's it's just characters watching videos that explain the plot of the movie.
0: Yeah, yeah. This movie doesn't so much also have a plot, uh, which I... Here's the thing. Part of me is like, oh, that's that's lazy filmmaking to just have everybody doing the backstory via video logs. On the other hand, fuck
1: it. <laughs> like... I you guess know, that's why. I, I I really like how um, Universal and Warner Brothers are like. Listen, we're just gonna put every movie we have on HBO Max for a <laughs> month and just see what sticks. And which is the good ones will come back, the bad ones. Who knows? <laughs> Which is pretty much James Wan's
0: career, actually. I'm just going to throw a bunch of shit at the wall. Ooh, that Death Wish movie sucked and uh, never happened. Uh, hey, I'm returning to horror. Like, <laughs> good for him. Um, I will also say, Quincy, did you also notice that the main theme of the movie sounds like Where Is My Mind by the Pixies?
1: Yes. It's got that um, kind of like riff to it.
0: Yeah, it's got the. It's like a, an orchestral version of the main riff from Where's My Mind. I, I, I didn't know if that was intentional or what is it i mean i like it because of the main theme of what we find out is going on in the movie with where's my mind but i didn't know if this was the movie being playful i might be giving james wan too much credit
1: full disclosure after watching the movie i ordered the soundtrack (laughs) fuck yes
0: it's a great soundtrack um now we're introduced to a lady whose deal i never totally understand what's going on there uh, there's a lady who does—now, um, this this takes place in Seattle, and we get uh, a lady who gives Seattle Underground tours, uh, which she specifies that this isn't about Kurt Cobain and
1: Pearl Jam. Uh, wh- what is the tour she's actually giving? So, the city of Seattle—and I don't know if this is real—is uh, built above an older version of the city— So, like, in order to avoid flooding, uh, they built the city one floor higher than the original street level. So there's, like, all of these underground streets, which translates to old-timey carriages just being parked in warehouses under the regular city. (laughs) That's pretty dope, actually.
0: Uh, I wish that came to anything in this movie. (laughs) Like, that's a pretty... That's a pretty cool setup for something that I think... Do you think they were planning something around that
1: thing? Well, I mean, we do get the one set piece of the killer and uh, Detective Shaw fighting and, like, pushing carts at each other. But that's about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty It's pretty much it. Um, but uh, Tour Lady gets abducted by... Uh, Gabriel, the shadowy figure, and, like, tied up in an attic. What is his deal with tour lady? Like, what is he trying to do
1: with her? Well, well, we learn that Gabriel is seeking revenge on everyone from the institution. Right. And we finally learn that this tour lady is the uh, mother of Gabriel that put Gabriel up for adoption and committed him to the, the sanitarium.
0: Oh, I didn't realize that was the same person.
1: Yeah, because why bother making that clear? It's only a crucial plot point. I
0: thought he was just like, man, fuck you, random lady. I'm tying you up in an attic.
1: It really does come across that way, though, because only later does she say... Hey Gabriel, it's me, your mom
0: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well also because he tells Seattle tour lady Through the radio, by the way, because he can't talk uh, I can't tell you how long I've waited for this And I was like, what, to abduct a random woman? Alright, you fucking creep <laughs> uh, But now, let's talk about Gabriel's
1: voice it's, it's not great No, no, it's very It's, um, it's kind of Jigsaw from Saul.
0: It is it's it's like if Jigsaw was auditioning for Morbid Angel. Um it's very guttural and it's 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 Okay. Uh have you seen uh have you uh, on YouTube if you look up creep phone there is an 800 number from back in the day in like the 1980s that's like creep phone real, mon- <laughs> real monsters talk to you get your parents permission before calling and it's like that's basically what Gabriel sounds like is the creep phone guy. Um <laughs> it's 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 a bit much. Now um we get introduced to the other thing that for me makes this it reminded uh, reminded me of the movie Shocker which is that Madison through her dreams keeps witnessing people getting murked by Gabriel
1: yes and in very James Wan fashion we get CGI um, scene changes
0: oh uh, yeah now do those look good I don't know what looks good anymore
1: uh they're they're James wan
0: <laughs> Say what you will about them. Faye.
1: <laughs> they... I was like, yeah, this is a James Wan movie. I, I see the James Wan
0: looks of it. <laughs> they kind of remind me of the effects from that uh, horrid Nightmare on Elm Street reboot from 2010. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, I mean, that movie is, like, complete shit. But those effects were pretty good, I guess? So at least it had that. Um, we get Gabriel just straight up uh giving an undertaker choke slam onto the kitchen floor of the scientist lady at the beginning of the thing who says we we need to cut the cancer out um and he bludgeons her with the medical trophy that then comes away with his new weapon um and madison witnesses all of this
1: and she's like hey police i just witnessed a murder and they're like "Nah, you're the you're the suspect you can't witness the murder and then (laughs) her sister's like no really she's psychic listen to her and they're like okay whatever and then uh madison then sees another murder of another doctor and goes to detective shaw and is like look if you go to this apartment building and check all the apartments you'll find a dead body and they immediately find that body and they're like you're probably the killer because you keep showing us the bodies (laughs) which is also incredible because detective
0: moss says wow wikipedia brown just solved the case (laughs) when she's saying that there's a body which is a fucking ice cold burn and and i love it very much but yeah you know she just keeps weirdly having this information about people who are dying and at, at this point um gabriel starts talking to madison uh and he drops the information that no, no, you your fake mother gave you the name Madison. I, uh, your, your, your name is actually Emily. I've, I always listen, I've always known you as Emily. Uh, I'm just going to dead name you for a bit. Uh, your name isn't Madison, actually. Um, and she just knows instinctively that his name is Gabriel. Like he just sounds like a Gabriel, I
1: guess. I, it's because, I guess all of a sudden she remembers, oh, yeah, you're Gabriel, the voice that's been in my head since I was born. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know the one. Uh and it sort of sets up this like uh,
0: kind of red herring thing where you wonder if uh Gabriel is just her imaginary friend that she had when when she was a kid that I don't know maybe she gave him too much power with her imagination and he's able to kill people. So Because
1: then uh, we also get to watch these childhood videos and she's like whispering to this unseen person and they're like are you talking to your imaginary friend Maddie? And she's like, no, he's right here. And the mom's like, winks at the camera. Is like, yep, that's our daughter. <laughs> what are you gonna do? I honestly, the,
0: the log, like the video logs just make me think of the movie, the ring where you get those like video logs of Samara who I love, by the way, as a character, because she's just a piece of shit as a kid. Like she's just a dick. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's, it's great. Uh, but now we, we get a scene where um, K- uh, Detective Kakoa, who is beautiful, um, we get this extended chase scene of him chasing Gabriel, and we get this wonderful sequence of Gabriel just flip-flopping on down this fire escape. It turns into motherfucking John Wick, and I love <laughs>
1: it. <laughs> it turns into John Wick on a few occasions, this movie. <laughs> There's multiple f- extended... Fight scenes with full fight choreography, gunplay. <laughs> yeah, it's uh,
0: it it I, it reminds me of the movie Upgrade, which makes sense because of the Lee Winnell James Wan connection because they're frequent collaborators. Um, it's it's incredible. Now uh, he, you know, she. Uh, so Gabriel gets away, and uh, Kakoa doesn't doesn't actually get to to get him. But at this point, we are introduced to uh, Madison doing repressed memory therapy which is it the cops who bring the lady in?
1: Yes, it is the okay, if if the repressed memory therapy comes in, we'll get to uh solve this. Now, this is the point of the podcast where if you have not seen the movie yet, you need to turn off the podcast until you finish watching the movie. Yeah.
0: Because, uh, I mean, yeah, it, it's going to be really hard to talk about anything else in this movie without starting to actually talk about the big twist of the movie. Um, so, yeah. So, if you've listened so, thus far, go listen and then come back.
1: And and if you listen to this and it's not streaming right now, uh, thanks. We'll see you next week.
0: <laughs> yeah, we we love and appreciate you and everything you do. Stay spooky. Um, <laughs> Um, And the repressed memory therapy Which, by the way, this is the shoddiest Fucking police thing I've ever seen Like, repressed memory therapy Has been pretty I don't mean to tell tales out of school It's been pretty thoroughly Debunked, right? But
1: listen, this is the same movie that says ECT (laughs) is a way To sedate (laughs) <laughs> a deranged killer. So. We just thought we'd call, we just thought we'd
0: calm you down with a few volts to the to the melon. I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. This would be going like so repressed memory therapy uh which is uh largely quackery in real life. Um I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Maybe I need to do more, do more research. Uh but it's through this repressed memory therapy that we find out that uh Madison um what what is it exactly that we find out?
1: Madison has a Parasitic twin named Gabriel, and
0: Gabriel, uh, who is uh, sort of peak, uh, is attached to the back of her head, um, like Voldemort with uh, Professor Quirrell, but also with like little arms and legs. Like they share, uh, they both. So they have an extreme version of teratoma where they both share the same brain and spinal cord. Uh, do do Madison and uh
1: Gabriel um then, out of nowhere, the ceiling of Madison's house collapses, <laughs> and the murder weapon and her birth mother fall through the ceiling How do because they fall? Gabriel has been using the attic as the hideout this whole time. That's shoddy Gabriel.
0: Like keeping them in the same house. Like get like an Airbnb or something Gabriel. Like you can't just keep them in the same house. I almost, it's almost uh, it just, that that bit reminded me of the, the Hugo Bart uh, twins thing from The Simpsons
1: <laughs> where he's just like living in the attic eating fish heads. Um, So they immediately arrest Maddie for being uh, a
0: murderer. (laughs) Yeah. Now, what's also incredible to me is that the repressed memory therapist is very, even aside from being a repressed memory therapist, is very bad at it. Because, you know, while she's realizing all of this stuff about, uh, you know, Gabriel and her mother and stuff. Um, she starts having a horrible, like screaming fit. And She's convulsing, and the repressed memory therapist kind of just lets it rock for a minute. it's just yeah, like, it's
1: like, "Oh, uh, wake up!"
0: Yeah, she's like, "Well, uh, you know, I want to see where this is going to take us." And eventually, she just says, "When I tap your head, you'll wake up," and then just does it. It whoo whoo boy, hachi machi.
1: Uh, so, and so, so oh, Maddie's wait. while Maddie is in jail. Her sister drives to the old sanitarium, which has just been sitting empty since the 90s. It looks like Miskatonic University. Like it's
0: (laughs) on a cliffside, this big, austere-looking mental asylum. Um, It's also at this point that the police get a phone call from Gabriel, (laughs) which is my my favorite fucking thing. Uh, Because they're, you know, interrogating... um, Madison and they're like, ah, you did all these murders. Why'd you do them? And then Gabriel calls and he's like, hey, could you could you give me all my things back? You have you have my shit, and I I really want my cool knife. I worked really hard to get that knife. Please, if you could just drop that off. Um, so he calls them from an unknown number, by the way, which is just I love that Gabriel has like a burner phone apparently, <laughs> um, which is just outstanding. Um, and at this point, you know, uh, Madison is locked into a jail cell with a bunch of other. Uh, Hard Scrabble ladies.
1: And all of a sudden she transforms and we realize that Gabriel while she is in there, her sister watches uh, conveniently a tape that shows that <laughs> at the they beginning of the movie, that. cut out the cancer literally means cut as much of Gabriel off of his sister as possible. But because they share a spine and a brain just shove his face <laughs> into the back of Madison's skull and just seal it up and hope nothing happens
0: this movie is shit the bed wild. Like, they they just, yeah, you know, we've got this video footage of them just being like, all right, so what we're going to do is we're going to crack her dome open, we're going to uh, cut off a bunch of uh, Hugo the Rat-Faced Boy, and then we're just going to, like, gently tuck the rest of it back into her skull and seal it up and Bob's your uncle, and then we should be fine.
1: So we flash back to the present, and, like, the motherfucking... Um, seen a bite at the end of the first Hellraiser movie <laughs> Gabriel bursts Out of the back of Maddie's head And murders everyone in the jail
0: And it's at this point that I feel The movie starts uh, this, <laughs> Holy shit it's, it's so yeah Her skull splits open and we get this like Mutated fucking pizza faced uh, Gremlin sort of popping Through the thing and it's at this point that um, she turns around and is doing everything technically backward, like Maddie's face is facing backward, but the face is facing forward, but they choreograph it so that she so that uh, all of the- the body's basically pulling a Ginger Rogers where it's like backwards and with a mutant face, where it's just like murdering everybody backwards. This jail cell sequence is incredible.
1: Oh, it's it's phenomenal. Also, the amount of like basically Streets of Rage style um, <laughs> extras. Everyone is wearing everyone in this jail cell is wearing sunglasses and some kind of diglow leather.
0: <laughs> yeah, the main heavy has a mullet and she's just like, "Hey sister, you want to you better give me some money or I'm going to beat the shit out of you." And like it's just yeah, it's oh my god, it's 100% just like Streets of Rage. Either Streets of Rage or Streets of Fire, like these <laughs> these hard scrabble ladies. Uh, so, you know, Gabriel just goes through them like shit through a goose, just mangles them. Um, We also get a line from uh, their adopted mom who sees the footage of uh, their birth mom and she says and I quote, they told me she died while giving birth those lying cock knockers which (laughs) is a line of dialogue that made it into the movie and I'm just, I'm so happy So Um, we
1: learn that Gabriel is able to mind control his sister because they're in the same mind and actually he's been doing the murders by controlling Maddie's body the entire time
0: which does that actually make sense?
1: I mean, because
0: Maddie goes into like a dream sequence where she's watching him do this stuff. You uh, know,
1: it does not matter because it's cool. <laughs> good. <laughs> it really good is point. Neat, so I'll let it. I'll let it ride. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great
0: point. Thank you for pointing that out. Um, now the so the husband apparently the husband uh, smashing her head against the wall is the thing that um, woke up Gabriel and brought him back to life. So all she needed was a thick bump on the noggin to, to wake up um, Gabriel. Um, they kind of dropped
1: the radio thing pretty quick, huh? They dropped the radio thing pretty quick. They also, at this point, uh, need Maddie to take back control. And they're like, Maddie, he's a parasitic twin and he's sapped all of the life out of your womb what about your babies and that is the one thing that motivates maddie to like defeat her evil twin
0: because her motivation is that she's an incubator for for babies literally like saying like he was feeding off of your fetuses to build himself back up yeah um boy it's not great i tell you it's uh (laughs) It's pretty bad. And yet
1: Um, it's so inscrutable that I kind of love it. This
0: movie is Basket Case meets John Wick, uh, which (laughs) if you had given me that elevator pitch, I'm on board. Uh, But we get this big Matrix-esque fight scene at the police station with all of these fucking cops. She's doing everything backwards with a face poking out the back of her head. It rules. (laughs) It's so good. Oh, it's so good. Like, the kills are so gross and so punchy. Like, it's like a fight scene from the movie Upgrade, um, which is really high praise, I think, because that movie has incredible fight scenes. Yeah. Um, doing everything backward, and I also love, by the way, that being awoken means that Gabriel has instant kung fu knowledge, like a Buffy vampire.
1: Yeah, I don't quite understand it, but again... um, logic is for cowards
0: yeah I, I don't need a training montage of Gabriel like you know put, being put through the paces so that he can do like a hurricane Rana backwards
1: so um, let's look at our list of movies with hijacked bodies uh, Venom is at number 240 and Upgrade <laughs> is at number 238
0: ooh alright okay So, at the ranking portion of the thing. So, first of all, I do think that Upgrade is a better
1: movie? I would agree. And right under Upgrade is Ricky O, the story of Ricky. And although it is shit-the-bed bananas, um, it is more shit-the-bed bananas than uh, (laughs) Mollingman could ever hope to be. It really is
0: now. I do think, like Ricky O, this. I'm, I'm not as high on Ricky the story of Ricky. Uh, I, I I do think here's what here's what I think. I think Ricky O, the story of Ricky. I couldn't tell you a lot about it off the top of my head. I can be like, hey, let's talk about the last thirty fucking minutes of Malignant by James Wan in a way that's like, it's that last sequence is just so bananas that I I feel like I want to give the edge to that, but. Right below Ricky, oh, the story of Ricky, uh, being Venom 2018 with Tom Hardy, uh, that movie has a special place in my heart.
1: Bathing with
0: lobster Tom Hardy. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Hardy, who saw a tank of lobsters and went, oh, I'm going in that. Guys, just book it, write it out. I don't fucking care how you get me in that lobster tank, but I'm taking a dunk, guys. Um, it's
1: fantastic. I
0: feel like I want to give the edge to Venom.
1: Yeah, at 242 is also 13 ghosts, speaking of big Hollywood largest in movies <laughs> oh yeah
0: yeah the, yeah that's largesse is a great way to put it like where it's just like let's uh drive this as far as we possibly can in a crazy direction and see it, see how it works
1: also uh, in this clutch is other just hollywood boondoggles Freddy versus jason halloween 2007 and house on haunted hill 99 oh this is the hot mess portion of the list isn't it <laughs> like this is this is also boy, they late were... trinity is in this portion of the list and i know what you did last summer god damn yeah
0: we are this high spirits fuck yeah this is the uh high concept The
1: devil's rejects is at number 253 is malignant better than the devil's rejects yeah yeah i think think
0: it is i think it is and you know and i think i like devil's rejects uh, i think slightly more than you do but i also think that like i kind of hmm I don't know. The last 30 minutes of this movie, I have watched Devil's Rejects so like a million times, and I'm probably going to watch it a bunch more, because I just tend to re-watch movies I've seen a million times.
1: Um, I don't Give know if it's... that police fight over fucking uh, Freebird any day of the week, though.
0: Any day of the week and twice on Sundays. Like, that fight scene is just... Uh, i I was giggling and clapping like a child like it is it is so much fun in uh, the way that like with devil's rejects I don't need a scene of Bill Mosley sexually assaulting someone with a gun like I'm I'm fast forwarding past that scene every time but I am always gonna stick around for the last 30 minutes of, of this um right above uh devil's rejects however is bloodbeat
1: um I it's Moinen is better than Bloodbeat. Bloodbeat is that weird French samurai ghost movie. It's, oh, it's it's fine. Yeah. And, it's fine. you know, Terror in the Isles does have Donald Pleasance yelling, Look out! at the movie <laughs> screen. <laughs> Which is all I need. Uh, but, I mean, Terror, Terror
0: in the Isles being mostly a clip show. Now, here's... here. I can't believe this is where I'm drawing the line. But here's where I'm drawing the line. The movie that I think has more clarity of purpose and a stronger aesthetic and knows what it's doing a little bit more than Malignant is at number 249, I Know What You Did Last Summer. Whoa! <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to say that, but I think just in terms of, like, you know, it's 1997, baby, we got Kevin Williamson, we got Jennifer Love Hewitt, and baby Freddie Prince Jr. and Sarah Michelle Geller, like... I, I feel like I want to give it to I Know What You Did Last Summer just for being such a slice of 1997. Am yeah, I am I, I, mean, am I talking I up my ass think, here?
1: I think you're onto something there because I don't think we're going to come back to Malignant and see it as like a marker of 21. Yeah, and I w-
0: Well, and I will also say and this is a point in the movie's favor but also a true thing this movie is dumber than
1: shit. It's so fucking stupid. (laughs) I truly believe that HBO Max is like, look, all of these movies were going to be bombs and we're going to take a wash. So we're just going to put them on (laughs) the streaming service and count them as wins because we talked Mm -hmm. somebody into subscribing this month. You are completely correct
0: Like this, yeah, and and again, it's a thing I value and love about this movie But it is just dumber than dog shit In a way that, another movie that's dumber than dog shit But has a slightly more coherent idea of what it's doing Is I Know What You Did Last Summer Now right below I Know What You Did Last Summer um, Is a movie somehow featuring Peter O'Toole Which is High Spirits um, Which is sort of a horror caper featuring ghosts It's just horny ghosts It's just a horny ghost movie. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the title, actually, is Horny Ghosts. I'd watched that. Um, I feel like Malignant is better than High Spirits, even though it has Peter O'Toole. I would agree. Uh, Peter O'Toole is wasted in that movie. Boy, is he. It, it's Yeah, it's bad. But uh, that movie, honestly, just made me want to watch my favorite year with uh, Peter O'Toole. But that's neither here nor there. So I feel good about that. So coming in at our new number 250 is James Wan's Malignant from 2021, and guys, it's on HBO Max right now, uh, so uh, if you have the streaming service, and there are too many goddamn streaming services, but what are you gonna do? Um, this is a I think this is a recommend for me Like, Yeah, you, I would recommend it
1: just it. because it's so bonkers that it, we can't do it full justice
0: Yeah, and any movie that has an action sequence that makes me laugh and yell ha ha, holy shit, like it's easily worth a watch so, yeah, Oh, but-
1: and also the special effects the absurd design of gabriel the parasitic twin with his tiny arms he looks like a wad of gum with little tiny arms
0: like it's just it's just so much and now yeah the effects are the effects are at least a reason to to check it out so yeah 250 quincy where can our
1: listeners find this on the internet our listeners can check out our Podcast Network's website, FaustianNonsense.com, where they can find a stream of episodes, a link to our ever-growing list, a link to our Discord server, and uh, they can also check out our social media pages, RankinVile on Instagram and RankinVileCast and on Twitter. Hell
0: yeah. Um, and I also want to stress, we are now at 535 movies that we have ranked and talked about, so, yeah, please, yeah, guys, uh, the Discord is always popping. It's a wonderful time. Uh, check out our Patreon. We've got a bunch of bonus content there. Um, guys, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy what we do on this podcast, hey, it's your buddy Ryan talking. Consider going over to iTunes and giving us a five star review uh, for uh,
1: um,
0: the ridiculous <laughs> content we put out on this uh, podcast. It, we would, it, it would mean the world to us. It you know, helps us get up the bracket a little bit. It's just nice. Um, but barring that, that is about all I've got. Anything else? Stay spooky. Like, folks. Nice.